Hello, everybody. Crypto traders around the world. We're back with another episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, a.k.a. Basic Cryptonomics. Thank you for joining here today. My name is Leister. I'm your host. We've got a couple topics I want to go through. First, let's get the particulars out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. Once again, that site is CryptoTalkRadio.net. That's where you're going to find all of our past, present, and future podcast episodes. The podcast is on all major podcasting platforms as well. Feel free to check that out. Let us know what you think. Link at the top says contact. Click that. Fill out the form. Come straight in. We read each and every one of those. We appreciate hearing feedback from our listeners, whether you're a subscriber or not. We would appreciate your subscription if you're a first-time listener. We again welcome you here. We think you're going to find it's completely different from any other crypto podcast that's out there. And hopefully you get great enrichment to the point that you feel like you want to spread the word out there. The last thing I'll call out is our triad membership. The triad is where we are trying to build a community of serious investors, not the kids that say the word Jeet and say the word Keck and can't half read. We're talking serious investors that believe there's something to this cryptocurrency thing and they want to talk to other grown adults, other serious people. Get away from the toxicity. Check it out on the site. Click on triad. It'll tell you about our different tiers for joining the full on triad. If you still have questions, you can join us in our discord channel. CryptoTalkRadio.net slash Discord will take you straight there. And anybody will be happy to answer any questions you may have. Given that, let's go ahead and jump right into our content for today's episode. No need to say anything. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, this Leicester guy, he's got to be some sort of a traveler from the future. He's got to be able to predict the future and he, he has these skills to be able to predict things and where... I, you know, I go to YouTube or I go to social media and I hear them talk about bull run, bull run, bull run, doop, 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 doop. But then Leister keeps saying, you know, we'll probably do one more good crash and we're not quite at the bull run yet. And, you know, he's trying to keep us safe and, and you're struggling to figure out who to believe. And I understand. I, I empathize with the struggle. I really do. And just as a side, you know, I'm working on the car right now, which I haven't done in like decades, but I'm working on the car. I'm in pain for a different reason. And I realized, okay, I need to come and talk to all my folks here at CryptoTalkRadio.net. And if you're new, by the way, welcome. My name is Leister. And I'm sharing a story around the history, the past, the truth of the matter in our industry that we call cryptocurrency. And just not long ago, people were screaming that it was we were at the bull run. We're here. It's time. Now's the time. You're about to get paid. And I was like the lone voice in the end of the hallway saying, I don't think we're there yet. We got one more good crash, one more again, before we get to anything up. So I gave a couple of reasons why I felt that way. And I'm targeting today's episode around that, around our recent crash that we're seeing around what I think in terms of the shifts, price shifts, and what's going on with some of the main ones. So Bitcoin, Bitcoin recently dropped below the $20,000 level. This freaked a couple of people out. I want to talk about a couple of things that were trigger. Uh, elements for why this crashed. It's not what you might think, although there were a couple of different things in play. It did eventually get back up to above the 20,000 mark. However, nowhere near the close to 27-ish, 28 that we saw recently in the rally and the run. All of this crash out, I keep saying, and if you want to follow, I keep saying that my measure always was looking at a graph by default, the graph makers, they default you to like the one hour, four hour, one day, and what they're trying to do is trigger FOMO. They want you to act. They want you to do something about what you see, whether that's 
FOMO in because you see green or dump because you see red, which is, by the way, backwards. And I always direct folks. In my opinion, I look at the month chart. The month chart seems to give me a better impression about what we really are looking at in terms of the confidence and direction. Well, Bitcoin did drop beneath 20,000. This is true. 24-hour high of just shy of 22,000. But if I zoom out to the month chart, I see more green than red. Usually indicates a potential positive movement overall. Now, it could simply be people that see the dip and they buy it because they realize it just got a, a new opportunity for discount. Could be that the liquidations that caused some of this were temporary and many of the people who got liquidated just bought right back in. Could be a lot of different things. We also saw that there was some dumps of Ethereum recently from Voyager. A lot of factors all together created a perfect storm of crap out. This freaked a lot of people out. They don't know what to think. They're not sure and they're not confident. This is spreading across social media. And if you don't go to social media, I celebrate you, by the way. But the bottom line is that people are not really sure. I'm not really sure. I just said I think we're due for one more good crash. I still don't think we've hit that true crash, in my opinion, because to me, Bitcoin's base is about $10,000, $12,000. And so I don't think we've gone down far enough yet. I think Ethereum's got a little ways to go. It's hovering around the 1430 mark at a high of 1545. I think it's got a little bit more down to go as well. A couple of other events popped up and contributed to this. If you know the history of cryptocurrency, and if you don't, don't feel bad, but if you know the history of cryptocurrency, you know that by and large, not totally, but by and large, what got us to this point is what was called Silk Road. I do encourage you to do some search and Get, get yourself familiar with what Silk Road was back at the time. When Silk Road was seized and shut down, the government, the United States government, took a lot of Bitcoin from that time. Now, mind you, it wasn't worth a damn, but the government's not stupid. They sat on this, and they took it, and they random, randomly moved it to all these different addresses and shifted it around. The theory going around, which created some bearish sentiment, is that the government may cause a massive dump of all this Bitcoin to the tune of roughly 49 thousand bitcoin that's a lot of money and if they, then they may dump it in order to recoup some of the money and hopefully compensate certain people so that's number one number two you have the whole silvergate fiasco with ftx that's outside three you got voyager who was dumping some ethereum recently that's playing a factor everything all together and then unfortunately the default behavior as i described earlier is for people to see red and they sell they think it's time to sell they do it backwards <laughs> This is not advice for you to do the opposite. I'm saying that by default, selling when it's red doesn't make any sense because you're triggering a loss. You only lose when and if you sell. You don't lose if you don't sell. It's not a loss, especially when you're talking about Bitcoin that's not really going to go away. But people have been conditioned, mostly because of the stock market, to buy when it's green, sell when it's red, which is the opposite of what you're kind of expected to do. This is triggered because of the graphs. The graphs are, they're purpose-built to cause you to react. They want you to take an action. They don't want you to really sit and hold on it because no volume, no price movement. They know what that means. They know that they really need volume. They need you to do something. They need you to act. They need you to, they want to trigger you. That's how it works. So $300 million of losses recently in liquidations only made this worse. Altogether, as I said, is a perfect storm of degradation, rather, of the crypto space. 
Not fun, mind you. Now, take this on a different level. I said in, I think it was like my last quarter, you know, September or some odd episode. I said that there's a couple of ways to look at crashes like this. You can look at it as the world's ending chicken little. You can look at it as a discount. And I'll quote or paraphrase, I guess, Warren Buffett. When you have something like food or you have something like video games or something like music or something like movies, and there's a steep discount, your inclination is to buy because it's discounted. And why does it make sense to people when crypto crashes to the point that it creates somewhat of a quote discount, that there's not that same temptation to buy? I'll explain why that is. It's because in cryptocurrency, it's an investment and you don't want to see your investment drop. And so you're, you're just by human nature, you want to do something to prevent excessive loss. That's your, that's what you're trained to do. So many people don't treat it as a product. They don't treat it as something that you're acquiring. They treat it as something that your money is in and your sell, your transaction to sell is to protect that interest as opposed to the opposite, which is really dollar cost average that I have a thousand dollars in there. Now I want a thousand dollars in there a month from now, a year from now, five years from now, and I'll do whatever I need to do to make sure $1,000 is always in there. If it goes up to $1,100, I'm taking $100 worth out. If it goes down to $900, I'm putting $100 worth in and so on. Or you see that there's so much confidence up or down that maybe now you put $1,000. Next payday, you put another $500. Next payday, you put another $500. And you're just adding to it because you believe in it. Say Bitcoin because it's not going anywhere. Or if it's a crap coin off the side that you don't, you're not really confident in, but you want to put a little money and see where it goes. So you put $50 or something like that. The question had always been, well, why would you do that when it's green and not when it's red? There's no wrong answer. I am saying that the default assumption is that you're going to buy on a discount because that's how you treat every other product. Think about it. If you go to the store and you see discounts, your inclination is to buy. Even if it's not really a discount, they know what they're doing, those stores. They do it to set you off to buy. In cryptocurrency, it's different because your money's in it and you're not sure. What most investors want you to think about, only think about, and why I say the month chart is the best indicator for me. I look at what not everybody's doing right now. But what is everybody doing over the past month? What has been the pattern of behavior? And the pattern of behavior is moving because time is passing. If I see that the pattern of behavior is that of purchasing an upward trend, do I buy more because I see that it's trending upward? Do I take for profit because I believe that now's the time to take profit or is the trend not high enough to take profit? The month chart gives me an indication of what people have been doing for the past month, which gives me more of a stable picture of what's really going on with the cryptocurrencies I'm following. This, when I look at the chart, tells me we're actually going to be okay and we have not yet hit the big crash that I was envisioning. Although this is disruptive, this is in some cases scary for certain people, this is making certain people nervous. To me, I don't think this is the big crash yet, as weird as that sounds. I think we've got a little bit more ways to go down. And that's just based on, again, the month graph and watching it. Every time I talk to you guys and I look at the graph and I see what it's doing, I see that we're still... We're actually holding steady, even though this was pretty deep 
we're still holding reasonably steady and have not yet hit the point of decline that would cause me some true concern. I wouldn't be truly concerned until and unless, like I said, Ethereum went beneath $1,000. If it went beneath $1,000 or $900, it went beneath $900, I'd probably be a little concerned, but not a lot concerned because I would look at it as a discount opportunity, especially on the Ethereum side, because we know we're almost confident Ethereum is going to go back up at some point in the future. I'll close out with this. I wanted to keep this short and simply focus on the disruption that we're seeing here recently and some of the chatter you may be hearing and just share my thoughts. But I'll close with this. Shibarium currently has people somewhat pissed off because there's no certain answer about the Shibarium release and Shib, is, its price is eh, wavering a little bit. And if you've listened to me for a while here at CryptoTalkRadio.net, you heard me say, I think Bone is the go-to. Not because of anything directly fundamental or technical, but just rather they said Bone is going to be the gas coin. Well, we can look at all the other ones and see what happened to them. Many of them started with two zeros, three zeros, and went as high as a couple hundred dollars. Now, mind you, those had things built on them. They had utility. They were had use cases. It wasn't like it was just a random something. But even if SHIB doesn't get the same level of application, you certainly would have, if nothing else, the sentiment aspect to realistically think that Bone could absolutely add another zero to it, which would put it somewhere in the neighborhood of about, you know, 10 bucks, 15 bucks, 20 bucks. That's not unheard of. That's not unusual. Not unusual. So I think Bone even peaked at like, what, $15 or something? So it's not like it's crazy to think that that could happen. Now they do have where it can mint tokens. So that will help manage the growth. It's not going to be the stellar growth that might have occurred. Obviously, they needed the supply to use it for gas. The SHIB burn, I honestly, personal opinion, don't think it's going to make a dent. Only because the supply is too damn high. I can get it wrong, but I don't think it's going to make a dent. But my point, my only point, is even with the disruption that we see, there's still things happening and they all circle back to many of these main tokens that are not, they're, they're always in the main eye, not the garbage that keeps spinning up. There are some upstarts. You know, Volt is an upstart. I consider them an upstart. They don't have anywhere near the holders of some of the big players. But I consider them an upstart in what they're doing. And I watch them from a distance. I consider Floki an upstart. I consider Kishu an upstart. There's upstarts out there still. Satama is technically an upstart. If you notice the pattern, though, many of the tokens that are led by someone, I'll even say cult, even though those in cult would swear there's nobody leading it, but we know that's not true. These the challenge with them is always about the people. Bitcoin doesn't have that problem. Ethereum kind of does because of the idiot Vitalik, but Bitcoin doesn't have that problem. That's why most of the wealth is going to go back to and stay within the Bitcoin ecosystem. Many of the big players are going to hold major amounts of Bitcoin because they can, because they know it's going to run at some point. But they also hold some of the other upstarts too. So, you could do worse than to watch some of those wealthy folks. That's not me, by the way. Some of those wealthy folks and see what they're investing in. I would not tell you to invest in what they're investing in simply because they're investing in it. Rather, try to identify a pattern in what they are investing in. Some of that is just raw sentiment. You just got a gut instinct about certain projects. But some of it may have something to do with recent news. Some of it may have to do with rumors. Some of it may have something to do with something you can then follow and learn what to look for. Because again, to me, the education is the strength. If I educate you on how to do this stuff, 
You might then be inclined to bring other people in it, and we all get paid. I think that's where we need to be. My last note, and then I'll wrap up here. At a, at a macro level, at a macro level, you and I know the, the governments are not going to let it go. You're going to hear about more bans. You're going to hear about, you know, their own stable coin stuffs, and they're going to try to cut down on centralized exchanges. You and I know none of this disruption is going to stop. Don't be fixated or worried or concerned about that which you cannot control. All you can do is all you can do, and the best thing you can do for yourself is to make sure you're only investing what you can afford to lose. Be okay with the idea that you might lose some things. Be okay with the fact that some of it might not be for you. Some of these projects might not be for you. Be okay with the idea that the volatility may make you nervous and you don't want to do it. Be okay with all that because there's nothing wrong with it. The worst is when you let it get to you because, again, I wouldn't want somebody getting set off or angry or upset or or even worse, gamble away critical funds over something where, as I've said multiple times, we're not quite out of this yet. I think we've got a ways to go. That said, if you do believe in it and it's something that you want to do, by all means, nothing stops you. Just protect yourself. Make sure your bills are taken care of. Keep roof over your head. Keep food on your table. Because to me, that's the most important thing, not crypto. Crypto's going to be here for a while. And we may learn that crypto's next evolution might even be better than the last. And if you learn the tricks and the tips to keep yourself safe and smart investing, you might find that it's actually more fun not to just jump into project to project to project or shift money around, but rather settle on the ones that you believe in and just kind of marinate and wait. Because you might find that next one, or you go with one of the mainstays and you have more confident money that some government's not going to try to take from you in the future. That's going to do it for today's episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. I want to thank you for listening here today. I know you have choices, whether you're a new listener or a subscriber. We appreciate each and every one of you. Check out our site, CryptoTalkRadio.net. We have a contact form, the link's at the very top. We'd love to hear from you and how we're doing and what you like or what you don't like. We read each and every one of those. Also, check out our triad. The triad is a community that we're working to build forward of strong, smart investors the ones that want to lead us into the next generation of cryptocurrency to evolve cryptocurrency into a more mature investment strategy for people, help people as they're growing and they get into this space. We don't want the ones that say the word Jeet and the ones that say the word Keck. We want the ones that treat this as a serious thing. Join us on our journey. Until next time, take care, be safe. Please don't YOLO into projects, any project. It doesn't matter what it is. Be smart with your investments. Make sure you always keep a roof over your head, food on your table. Your family comes first. Don't get stuck in this. Our goal is to try to help keep you safe, but we're only an informing source. There are a lot of sources out there, some of which are not really looking out for you. They're looking out for themselves. So always be careful with the advice that you take and what you do with that information is up to you, but just be smart about it is all we ask. See you next episode.